Hey, you're muted, bro. <laughs> What's up, big guy? Uh, not much, man. I'm uh, I'm good. How are you? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. I worked this morning for like six and a half hours, went to the gym, had a good lift. Good man. I'm just hanging out at home. Awesome. Love to hear that. I got uh, actually, as soon as we wrap this up, that's when I'm headed to the gym myself. Um, but uh, why don't we uh, start with uh, that introduction? So Ian Anderson, uh, tell everybody about you. All right. So I am 22 years old. I was born in 99. I'm a 90s baby. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> not really. Uh, I was born in San Antonio. I was born 15 minutes down the road from here. Lived here all my life. Played a lot of sports growing up. I, had, I was afforded that opportunity. Everything from soccer, football, baseball, lacrosse, cross country, track and field, like whatever you can name. Yeah. A little skinny white kid was doing it. Now, uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. I got to middle school. Uh, I played a little bit of sports there. I, I was a bit of a troublemaker, though, so <laughs> uh, I kind of got pushed away from all that because of my actions. But I ran, you know, ran track and field, played football for like a year. Mm -hmm. uh, I was never good enough to be on the basketball team, though, so that's <laughs> unfortunate. I was also like like five foot back then, so definitely had no height advantage. Uh, and then I got to high school, actually, all through middle school, I'd started – actually in percussion I, I got really into percussion and so okay. playing things like snare drum marimba mm -hmm. uh concert band things like that i got to high school and i just fell in love with marching band you know i i i still had sports on my mind i still wanted to you know try out for the baseball team oh i forgot to mention in middle school my sixth grade year actually i played for McAllister park uh, okay. And we ended up uh, winning state that year when losing the previous two years. And we went on to play the Little League World Series. Good man. Yeah, it was, okay, it was, it was sick. That's uh, <laughs> I always <laughs> I always forget that happens and someone else brings it up. I'm like, oh, yeah, that actually did happen. Yeah. Uh, but uh, oh, my camera keeps being all weird. But um, I fell in love with marching band, man. I really just dove head first into it. I love playing this. I was I played snare drum on the drum line. Mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, and I went to Claudia Taylor Johnson and our specific high school band has a really competitive drum line. And so, you know, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the process kind of the same way I've fallen in love with the process of the gym. It's like just it's a ritual. Uh, I did band all through high school after and I ended up not playing sports. Like I said, I still kind of wanted to reach out to baseball, reach out to track and field, keep running. Because I did really good. I was a good runner, but good distance runner. I, I ain't never been fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but after high school, I marched, uh, I marched professionally for two years. Uh, one outdoor line called Oregon Crusaders based out of Oregon. That was a, that was a blast of a summer, man. Just three months of traveling the country, playing oh, snare drum, God. doing what I God. love, sleeping on a stinky bus. <laughs> but, uh, and then, I marched two different uh, indoor lines, one here in San Antonio where that was fun. A lot of my buddies and then one up in Austin, actually. Okay. Uh, those are both fun, but uh, there was an, there was an unfortunate circumstance that kind of went down in my household between me and my parents. And so mm -hmm. we ended up splitting ways and I lived on my own for a little bit after high school, after I'd marched professionally. And so I tried to teach my high school, uh, just kind of fell off. Didn't end up happening all that well, but uh I, I got really, I got into some pretty negative stuff. Then, you know, there was a little bit of substance abuse type of deal, like mental health declining, physical health declining, not having much money, can't hold a job, you know, uh, just, uh, I had a car. Luckily I'd got my parents and grandparents had given me a car at the time, uh, like a year prior. And so luckily I had a form of transportation, but my life just wasn't in a great place. Mm -hmm. 
And one day I woke up looking in the mirror and I was like, man, I really despise who I'm seeing right now. Like, I really don't, I don't like who I'm looking at. And so, uh, November 1st, 2018 was the first day that I stepped into a gym with the intent of, uh, like strength training or bodybuilding type training of, you know, cause I was, I was frail, man. I was six, four weighed like 168 pounds. Oh my 40 uh, yard dash yeah. might've been like eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it was rough, bro. Tall, it was skinny rough. and slow. Yes, sir. No oh acceleration. Those. No nothing, acceleration. Nothing. <laughs> but yeah, man, I hated it. I hated it. I didn't like who I saw and it was hard mm -hmm. as hell at first, but Hey, we've been at it for two, little over two and a half years now. Strong Good loving man. it to death. Uh, but I eventually reconciled with my parents and they'll let me move back in. Uh, and I started college. I started going to the University of Sam, or not University of Samford University mm -hmm. in Birmingham, Alabama, S-A-M-F-O-R-D, Sam, not Stan. Uh, shout out to the Bulldogs. But and I started there as a music major. I kind of was rekindling okay. the fire. Yeah, getting of, back into that marching yeah. band thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I loved it. I, you know, I joined the marching band out there. I played drum set for the jazz band. I was in the concert band. Uh, we even were thinking about starting uh kind of like a steel a steel drum band we were thinking about starting a steel drum oh, band okay. they'd, they'd used to have one but we were thinking about starting back up we had practices and stuff it was fun man it was fun uh but you know at the same time i was going to the gym religiously six times a week at 6 a.m for that first for those first two semesters you know i was it was something that i was con like you know uh, the love of the gym was growing and, and growing over this time mm -hmm. so Eventually I got to my third semester and I was just like, like this music thing just isn't doing it for me anymore. Like I love it. And, and you know, it was kind of like another point in my life where I had to make a hard decision between sports and music. And mm -hmm. now it was music and sort of sports, you know, like, <laughs> you know, training, yeah. uh, like physical fitness. Yep. And so I kind of said, screw it. And I changed my major and I'm a, uh, it's technically called exercise science, but it's basically kinesiology or yeah. sports science. Yep. Um, just a different name slapped on it kind of. And then I, and then my second semester of being into that specific major I actually started my minor uh, with uh, strength and conditioning. So, okay. but yeah. And then, so I've been going there about two years. I got two years left. It's a good time. Love that. Love that. Um, I'm in the same year school as you. Um, obviously, people listening, I would hope, know my story because I've reiterated it a thousand, <laughs> a thousand times. Yeah, I bet. When I started this back in December. But um, talking about the whole mental health aspect, I think that's a good segue into what we what we wanted to talk about. Um, obviously, I, I have a similar relationship with fitness and lifting, except when I hit my low point like mentally emotionally um I was already in kind of into lifting you know I played high school football for about a year and a half it was like my sophomore year of high school where I really started taking things seriously and you know felt alone didn't really have anybody or I felt that way anyways granted I didn't even realize that I had a great support system great friends great teammates and everything but you know how it goes sometimes you just don't realize that anyways I was in a really shitty place and and diving into fitness and strength and conditioning and lifting was what pulled me out of that. You know, I like to say that football did it, but in reality it was lifting and training because, mm -hmm. you know, football isn't 365 days a year. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I forget the last time, even, even with my knee surgery, I haven't taken, I haven't taken more than like two or three weeks off of lifting at a time just because like 
like physically, yes, like I'll be fine, but mentally, like I just can't, I have to do something, you know, or else I kind of start to slip back into that dark place, which I've started to, I found myself slipping back into, but then I started finding myself a little bit more, which is, which is great. But, um, uh, do you want to talk a little bit more about, um, like how lifting and how that about lifting and how that kind of pulled you out of that struggle and, and how it kind of gave you something to focus on and bettering yourself. Yeah, man, certainly. And, uh, it certainly was not instantaneous. I can tell you yeah. that, yeah. you know, that like when I first started going to the gym, I, much like everybody else, I had no clue what I was doing, man. I had no yeah. damn clue what I was doing. <laughs> and, but I was going and that's, yeah. that's the biggest thing is that I was going. Uh, and it, it sucked at first. I didn't want to do it. You know, it was like, it was, it was more so like I needed to become a rich, it needed to become a ritual of mine. You know, what is that saying? Like it takes three weeks to build a habit, but it takes yep. three months to build a, like 90 days to build a lifestyle or something. Yep. yep. And I just, that, that was my mantra at the time, dude. Just like, if I keep going, eventually I'll like it. If I keep going, eventually I'll like it. And you know, it's, it's a funny thing that, that I bring that up because when I was younger, if you remember when I said I was a problematic child, I was the, it was the far end of the spectrum. I was, I was very out there. Yeah. Uh, And my family, we used to always go to Luby's. Do you know what Luby's is? I have no clue. (laughs) It's basically like a, like a cafe style diner. uh, Okay. Kids eat free on Tuesdays. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Basic. So, and it was cheap, but we'd go. And if, if at the certain time that we were going, I was in trouble, my dad would make me eat spinach. He would give me a big bowl of spinach and then like, like mashed potatoes or something in water. And he'd be like, this, this is your meal. Like, this is what you deserve to eat. Um, and eventually, you know, I did it and I would do it once or twice a week, every single week for a while. And eventually, you know, I started to like the spinach, you know, like I didn't like doing it and I ate it and it was good for me, but eventually I started to like it. Guess what? I didn't tell him that I liked it. He would just get spinach for me. And I would just, I would be like, Oh, this is terrible, man. It's such a punishment. Meanwhile, (laughs) you're enjoying every bite of it. Yep. And to this day, I love spinach. I get it on all my pizzas. I eat it all the time. It's great. Uh, but yeah, man, it wasn't easy at first. I, w- I wouldn't say, you know, until about that three month mark, I really woke up in the morning and was like, oh, like I'm, I'm excited to go to the gym. Um, like I need to go to the gym or else I'm going to feel something's empty. Mm-hmm. But uh, to the mental health aspect of it, like it's, it's, it's so easy to get into your own head, man. It's so mm-hmm. easy to sit in your room not leave, you know, eat shitty food, yeah. yep. like just drink sugar, you know, just don't do anything and just poison your body. And that poisons your mind. And I, even, even at school in my dorm, my dorm is a very, very old building. Like my dad who actually went to the same college as me, he lived there in the nineties, uh, early nineties. Yeah. And sometimes I'll sit in there and it's an old, it's very bland walls and it's, it's kind of stuffy and like, I'll start to get in my own head. I'm in a negative environment. I fill my body with negative things. And like, it's, it's just a decline from there, man. Yeah. So going to the gym, even though, even if you hate it, it's still a release, you know, you get, you get to leave, you get to get out of that box, like get even just something as simple as going out and getting some sun, getting that vitamin D, like that is such a vital thing to like improve your mood. If you just sit there even on my rest days, yesterday I had a rest day. I, what did I do? I sat here at this computer all day, watched weightlifting videos, played a little bit of video games. Like yeah. I, I did nothing all day. I had nothing yeah. to do. Um, 
and by the end of the day, I was in a negative place. I was not in a good place, man. It was, it's scary how fast that settles in. Not anything compared to, you know, two and a half years ago, but yeah, yeah. it's still, it's, it's still an unsettling thing. And to think how much we just sit and, you know, stare at a screen or sit and sit in our own thoughts. It's, it's something you got to really watch out for. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh that's honestly how things had been going for me. Like it wasn't honestly until like, like I said, a couple of days ago, where I kind of came to that realization where I'm starting to slip. Like, yeah, I would still, I would still go to the gym. Like, like this is after surgery, you know, I'm starting to get back into lifting. I'm on my third week of my newly started uh, training program and regiment and everything. Um, but like two weeks ago, I would get up, I would go eat shit for breakfast, you know, sugary cereal or make like six eggs you know for no reason yeah. loaded up with cheese and, and yeah you know a whole bunch of it's shit. good man but it tastes, <laughs> tastes great but but you know and i would convince myself that i'm eating healthy because it's eggs but in yeah. reality you know but anyways i would do that then i would go right back into bed lay down watch tv and this was right and after your surgery correct this is this is a like over a week after my surgery like this okay. is after like like yes for my surgery i was doing the same thing but that was different because like i couldn't even get out of my bed so yeah. I couldn't even eat shit because I couldn't get out of my bed to go get shit to eat. So my mom was like, I love my mom. She was bringing me like everything, you know, she was bringing me meals and everything. Mm -hmm. So she kind of made sure I ate right, which also made sure I didn't pack weight back on, which was huge. Yeah. But again, week, week or two following surgery, um, I'd get up, do that, then go back, lay back down for a couple hours. Wouldn't even fall asleep. Just sit there, stare at my phone, scroll through TikTok, go on YouTube, social media, watch Netflix. Um, I'm not even a video game person, which is, I think, worse because I'm not even engaging my mind. I'm just <laughs> sitting there, just blank, empty mind, feeling like a zombie. Then I'd go make lunch, eat shit, then do the same thing, then eat dinner, eat shit, do the same thing. And then it wouldn't be until like nine or 10 o'clock at night, where thankfully I go to a 24-hour gym. But it wasn't until like nine or 10 o'clock at night where I'd finally be like, okay, like this isn't good. Yeah. I feel like shit. I'm in a negative space right now. I'm hating myself. And the more that I'm hating myself, the more I just want to lay down in bed and, and not do anything because yeah. it's so much easier. So again, it wouldn't be until like nine, 10 o'clock at night where I'd finally be like, all right, fuck this. I got to get up. <laughs> I have to go do yeah. something. And then I drag myself to the gym. And I work out from like nine o'clock at night to like 1130 and then get yeah. home at 12. And then I'd have a little bit of energy, but it's, it's midnight, you know, yeah. shit's, I'm not going to get shit done, fall back asleep, get up. And then that was my routine for mm -hmm. 10, 12 days, something like mm -hmm. that. And, you know, I just kind of came to the realization, like, I'm not doing myself any favors. Like I feel, I feel myself, like I'm, I'm convincing myself that it's okay. Cause I'm still going to the gym. Uh, even though it, again, that like, yes, it was a good thing that I was doing at least that, because that way I didn't just throw on 20 pounds over those 10, 12 days, whatever it was. But, um, again, it was like two, three days ago that I just came to this realization where I was like, I need to stop this. And finally, cause I had physical therapy on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8am instead of going straight home and just getting back into bed, I forced myself to go to the gym. And then after that, I found myself being more awake, more alert, more positive with a much more positive and optimistic attitude. And then I'd come home and I'd be like, you know what? I can't eat this shit. I can't eat 
fucking pizza rolls for lunch. You know, I love pizza rolls, but I can't eat fucking pizza rolls for lunch. I can't eat 20 pizza rolls right now or fucking chicken nuggets or whatever the fuck I could just throw in the microwave and cook. Now I'd be like, no, I need to eat healthy, you know? So yeah. then I, you know, grill up chicken and boil rice and throw beans in there and then eat, eat healthy. And then with that followed more positive things. And then I'd find the energy to edit the video that I've been trying to edit for the last like three weeks, trying to figure out how to edit videos and interview that I did with uh, John Seaton. Shout out to him if he listens to this or sees this. Um, and then that's when I really, really came to the realization where I was like, I almost slipped into the really dark place that I was in in high school, you know, and, and in high school for me, and I don't really talk about it. I'm not open much about it, but I was in a place huge on self-doubt, very in a very toxic relationship. And I just wasn't happy. And, and that almost like it, it made me lose my love for lifting, made me lose my love for football. And then again, like you, I would force myself to still work out until I finally found that love again. And it pulled me out of that dark place that I was at. Um, so that's, that's basically what it did for me. You know, lifting teaches, you know, it's not only just like physical strength, but it's like mental strength too, which is yeah. just huge. Yeah. And then like something that's uh, interesting about what you said is it's, it's better for your ACL to you know, oh, yeah. actually get out of bed and do things. Exactly. Exactly. Because the, One thing that fascinates me, to be honest, is 30 years ago, if someone, you know, broke their ankle, tore their ACL, something like that, mm-hmm. th- they would do the surgery and then they were, they were prescribed rest. Like, yeah. Like go home and sit on your ass and let yeah. that thing heal. That's, that's just not how it works, man. That's not how, and we, we realize that now we're like, Oh, you got to mm-hmm. take it through its full range of motion. You got to start yeah. putting weight on it as soon as you can safely, mm-hmm. obviously it still needs that ample amount of rest. Of course, a lot of mm-hmm. sleep, a lot of hydration, things like that, but you got to be, you know, stressing it. You got to be taking it because your, your central nervous system adapts to the environment you put it in. That's literally mm-hmm. all strength training is. That's all bodybuilding strength training strongman is. It's exactly. you forcing your central nervous system to do something that it doesn't want to do. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I even noticed that like before my surgery, I was in, I was in a solid place, um, you know, mentally. And then even immediately post-surgery, I was in a solid place. It wasn't until after that I kind of fell into, fell into that little bit of a slump, but um, which I kind of anticipated because I know myself, I know how I react to things. And immediately after I'd be like, all right, I'm good. I got this. And then when shit gets hard, that's when spirals downward. Anyways, whatever. Before surgery, I made it a point to still work the shit out of my left quad and my left hand, my left leg in general, as much as I could without obviously doing further damage to my knee. Yeah. Um, so everything I was doing so many leg extensions and leg curls and, and isometric holds and, and all, all sorts of shit. And that paid off because immediately after surgery, obviously when I finally got my leg unwrapped and finally was able to take the brace off and like a week post-op when I'm finally seeing the doctor again, um, I see just like how much my leg shrank was, mm-hmm. was insane and how much muscle mass I lost. Like right now, my right quad looks like this. My left quad looks like this, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, was a shock to me. But as soon as that brace came off and I was in the physical therapist's office and they were like, all right, try to walk um, in here. We're going to do nothing with your brace um, just so, you know, it's a controlled environment. Um and I take the brace off and walking like it sucks. The first few steps suck. I'm, they wouldn't let me use my crutches or anything. 
And I'm like, all right, this is terrible. This is terrible. Until my physical therapist, he basically just told me the steps on how to walk again. He said, pick up your knee, heel first, roll over the ball of your foot, and then push off your calf. And then I limped and I limped and I limped until finally, even just with a few more reps that day of putting weight on my leg and walking again, I was able to walk fine. And then within two days of that, I I don't, I couldn't even tell you where my crutches are right now. Um, so uh, that just speaks to it. And that was my big realization too, that A, I'm thankful I put in a lot of work before the surgery. So that coming back, like my legs that much easier, my leg will be, it will be that much easier for my leg to come back. But also just the importance of not sitting on your ass. Like I have, I have so many people who are calling me crazy for working out right now working out my leg beyond what I'm doing in physical therapy. Everything that I do on my own is controlled and I don't do anything more than what I've done in physical therapy. So I'm not doing anything that's going to damage it further, but I'm always stretching it. I'm always walking when I'm in my house and there's nothing going on. My dogs are put away. I'm walking around without my brace. I'm finally able to do single leg, leg extensions with my body weight. So I've been doing that at the gym. Um, So like I, I definitely wouldn't be where I'm at right now with it. I would probably still be limping around if I had taken people's advice and just only did my physical therapy twice a week. And then other than that, stayed off of it, mm-hmm. you know, which I'm sure you can, you can speak on cause uh, you broke your left ankle or foot or essentially. Yeah, bas- basically I uh, completely severed two tendons and then kind of cracked the top of my foot. And so it wasn't, a, it wasn't a break. Luckily, you know, it would have been a little bit longer process yeah. to recover and definitely a lot less ankle mobility now, but it was still, you know, I was on crutches for a week. I was in a boot for two weeks, like, and then the physical therapy, I luck, I only went to one physical therapy session, but luckily I knew what I was doing after that and yeah. I pushed myself and, you know, forced my ankle through the full range of motion, yep. actually doing things every day, a lot of banded work. Um, and so I would say we're back. Um, but I, I call it 98% because I'm still lacking a little bit of that mobility in the left yep. one. It's really stubborn. I do a lot of uh, good ankle mobility drills for it, things that are proven to to work, and it's just a little bit slower than the right. It's just it just doesn't want to catch up as much. You know, yeah, that's fine. It's it's we'll just that's yeah, harder. that's that's part of the reality of of what happens after any surgery like that. You know, like part of the reality that I had to face like following my surgery. And again, this is something else that came like after those first like two physical therapy sessions. Cause I'm like, I'm almost a month, maybe five weeks post-surgery. Now I'm losing track of the dates, actually just about a month, a month on Wednesday, I think something like that. Um, it's like, like I had to face the reality that my knee might not necessarily be the same. You know, and this isn't me being negative. Like I'm going to play football again. I'm going to, I'm going to clean 400 pounds again. I'm going to be fine, but it's never going to feel the same. And you can't let that be like a limiting factor. If that makes sense. And a lot of people don't come to terms with that as early as you do. A lot of people, you know, they get, they have that major surgery and then it's like three years down the line where they're like, Oh shit, this isn't going away. Yeah, like exactly. Is, not to say that your injury won't go away. I, I'm fairly certain it might, it'll have lingering effects. For yeah, sure. exactly. But, exactly. But I think in your power output and your strength, you'll be just fine. Exactly. Be a little more sore afterwards, but yeah, you know, whatever <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be fine dealing with that. Um, 
And I think how how long ago was your injury? Uh, it was February of last year. February of last year. Oh, okay. So you're so you've made significant process then. Yeah, it's been. A while. I didn't. I I thought I thought it was a little bit. I thought it was earlier than that. Like I thought oh, it was it was no, like no. like I don't know two three years ago. That's awesome. That's huge, man. Awesome. It's good. Yeah, we've been we've been on our feet for a while. It it had some lingering effect. Like obviously the mobility is a lingering effect, you could say. But yeah, uh, but for the for the most part, like you said, ninety eight percent. Yeah, right. For the for the first like two months after it was healed and I was back in the gym, you know, actually front squatting, back squatting, things like that. I wasn't doing any Olympic movements yet, but I was doing those. Uh, it afterwards it would be sore. It would hurt. It would hurt yeah. pretty bad. And oh, yeah. sometimes it, sometimes it made me real nervous. You know, thought like you have those thoughts where it's like, oh, did I just jack this up more? You know, mm, I, yeah. Like yeah. Like did I do what every doctor and parent has ever told their child or patient to do, and you know, screw myself over? Yeah. I've, <laughs> but I've definitely thought that a few times. Even just, even just like like I'll wake up like technically I'm supposed to I'm supposed to sleep with my brace on post ACL surgery for I don't know how long but every once in a while like last night for example or the night before um I fell asleep without my brace on which you know I think I'm far along enough and I don't like twitch and go crazy in my sleep to where you know I'm gonna snap something but you know I'll wake up and it'll feel kind of sore and I'm like oh shit like did I did I pop something am I am I did, did I re-tear it like I'll I'll google I'll go on like a reddit form and be like what does it feel like when you re-tear your your ACL or damage damage your leg post ACL surgery you know and just kind of go into that like WebMD panic that mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody's gone into um uh moving forward um, let's get into the lifting a little bit more. Okay. Um, so how did you specifically get into lifting? Like you said, uh, beyond like, like what motivated you mentally understand that. And we covered that and we can touch more on that if you want, but as for lifting itself and training, like what was your start? So when I started, like I said, I literally had zero clue as to what I was doing. Just yeah. like a lot of other people out here. Yeah. And so, you know, I was pretty much just going to the gym and emulating things that I'd seen my whole life. You know, I'd seen people do bicep curls. I'd seen people do overhead tricep extension. I've obviously seen bench press, squat, uh, and deadlift. I didn't deadlift much to, at start, but I once I started, I, I did so a lot and very quickly. Um, but, you know, it was like, it was pretty much... I went online, looked up what a good split is. I saw push, pull legs. And that's what we did. We did push, pull legs, rest, push, pull legs, rest. That's all we did for probably, I don't even know, six, seven months. That was first six, seven months before I really started getting into it. It was just push, pull legs. You know, we're going to bench on this day. We're going to do some lat pull downs on this day. And we're going to, you know, pick some weight up off the ground this day. Uh, But for the most part, I'd say, yeah, it was basically, bodybuilding work I, w- I just wanted to see a change you know and those beginner gains did set in very quickly and it was it was satisfying uh but it was just bodybuilding and it wasn't until um I don't know what exactly sparked it I think it might have been a gradual thing but once I started to realize that I could I could actually move something heavier than 135 on a back squat I could actually you know my my press overhead and flat still sucks so we're not even going to talk about that but but like my deadlift shot up really quick you know I went from dead deadlifting like 285 for you know like eight or ten uh, and then all of a sudden I was picking up 400 pounds off the ground for me a guy that at the time weighed like 180 that was that was super cool to me I was like damn I'm strong like holy moly even though I wasn't but um 
but it was fun. And I, I started having a lot of fun just moving heavy weight. And again, I didn't know what I was doing and I was definitely overtraining. And that's one of the biggest things that people hate to hear as a beginner is that you're overtraining. The hardest, like the hardest thing for me in the beginning was going to the gym. The hardest thing, uh, uh, after, you know, getting used to going to the gym and liking going to the gym, leaving the gym was, yeah, was or not leaving, leaving the gym, but, but I, I know, I know what you're, I know exactly what you're getting at. <clears throat> like that feeling, like I still get that feeling now. And it takes a lot for me to pull myself away. It's like, you'll do like your last workout yeah. on like your written program. You'll be like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like I didn't do enough. Yeah. And it applies to that. And it also applies to rest days. You know, I was working on yeah. six days. A, I was working on six days a week and I personally think five, like no more than five days is needed. Like, yeah. I, like that's, I work out five days a week now and I'm, I'm doing just fine. And yeah. I think a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people can benefit from taking a lot off of their programs. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I started having a lot of fun moving some heavy weight, uh, but kind of gradually, I'd say maybe about a year to from like a year to a year and a half when I was really starting to get into powerlifting and knowing what powerlifting was, I dove headfirst into technique. I, I like I every or three sessions a week, I would just solely work on technique. Like I'd put zero to no weight on the bar. I would practice all my like seeing where my levers are, taking videos, tracking that, like seeing what the best, uh, um, you know, mobility wise is for me, whether like low bar, high bar, how to bench, things like that. But I quickly realized that I had a very, very limited mobility. I had, I was, this was, and this was pre-injury. I was not doing things effectively. And so I worked the hardest that I could to change that. And I would say just as like, you can even go back to go. If you go through my Instagram, uh, you can see where I broke my, or not, I'm, I'm just going to say broke my ankle. You can see where I broke my ankle. Uh, and you can see the videos before and the videos after they're they're pretty much the same uh, minus the weight. I lost some weight, obviously, but you can see it start to get very, very technical. I get, I get sort of good at squatting. I get pretty good at deadlifting and my bench form is also pretty good. You know, I start being very, very technical and I start getting people commenting on that. And uh, that makes me feel good. That makes me want to like practice it more, but I probably spent a year of my time, like just working on technique and like not really putting up heavy weight, just basically making sure that I was doing the lift safely because I know that I'm tall I'm six foot four and it's, we're not mechanically advantaged for this at all. You know, I have long arms. People like to be like, Oh, you're a great deadlifter because you got long arms, but it's like, I'm 75% legs. Like, yeah. I'm not, that's not even an exaggeration. Just go look at a squatting video of mine. I am 75% legs. It is actually insane. Uh, and I hate it. Can't buy pants anywhere, but <laughs> yeah, you and me uh, both. <laughs> but uh but yeah i got really technical uh and then all through the pandemic as well because i broke my ankle and then i was out for like a month and a half and then the pandemic hit so i was out for like another three months then so it was basically probably like four four and a half months that i just didn't go to the gym and wasn't going to the gym and during that time you know uh i did a lot of school work a lot of sitting on my ass but i also did a lot of research and i did a lot of learning I was starting my kinesiology major. Oh, sorry. I was starting my kinesiology major. Oh, my dog's here. And uh, uh, I was really getting into it. You know, I had these textbooks now. I was doing my medical classes, things like that. Uh, and so all, all that time was for me was learning. You know, it was a setback. I lost muscle mass. I lost strength. I lost, you know, some technical ability because I just physically wasn't doing the movements. But for the most part, it was, it was great. You know, it was, it was a good learning, uh, a good time of learning for me. And then afterwards, you can just 
the, the progression continues. You know, we, we implement that progressive overload. We start training heavy. We do what we need to do. And I did, I did it on my own for, I'd say another year after, yeah, about another year after that, like until the next, until like, I don't know, maybe whatever, like three months ago from now is basically, I was doing it on my own and things were going well, but I kind of started to hit a major plateau. Um, you know, I started, I put up some really, really good numbers. Like I, I, I put up a 405 front squat. I put up a, finally put up a, a, a 430 back squat, had good numbers for me. Let me specify. Cause I know people are going to well, uh, look a 405, a 405, a 405, a 405 front squat is, is still no fucking joke, dude. Yeah. yeah like, it, like, especially in, you know, I guess I'm assuming that just tells me that you're quad dominant. I yeah, mean, well, yeah, I, I mean like 405 compared to 435. Yeah, it's it a very close ratio. Yeah, like versus me, I my max fr- before my injury and everything. Obviously, my max front squat was like four eighty five, four ninety, and, and don't get I have like two hundred pounds on you. Yeah, uh, or or maybe not like one hundred and fifty yeah, pounds on you. Yeah, uh, whereas my max back squat was like six plus. Yeah, you know. Uh, uh, that's how it's that's how it's usually supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. But still dude. And that's the case with a lot of Olympic lifters, which I'm sure you were going to start touching on uh, before, before I hopped in there. Yeah. So while I was doing this on my own, you know, I was still having a lot of fun moving that weight slowly and, you know, you know, just, you know, max effort lifts, you know, slow grinds. Like I'm, I live for that shit, man. I live for it. Um, uh, and one thing I like to say a lot, I say it to my girlfriend all the time and she hates it, but you know, sometimes you just got to turn yourself into a bitch. You just, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> see how much of it comes out that day. Yeah. Um, and so you hit those five by sixes at 80%. You just, you just bear through it. No, it um, sucks. Yeah. But on my own, but I started to see a lot of Olympic lifters on social media. I started seeing people, you know, throwing this weight overhead and just like having tons of fun and like looking hyped as hell and, you know, standing on a platform with hundreds of people watching them. And it's like, man, this, this is badass. This is super cool. Uh, so I started dabbling in it. It was roughly, I only would uh, practice the clean because I was, to be honest, I was intimidated by the jerk. I thought I was going to just rip my shoulders apart. Mm-hmm. And now that I know how, snatches work i know that's not yeah i was gonna really, say i was gonna snatch and snatch it must have been a similar thing i was terrified to snatch when i first got yeah. into it but now that you know what it is like if the it's it's kind of hard to throw out your shoulder on a snatch like agreed you would, yeah you would need i don't know my i know your mobility is my mobility like we can drop it behind us like yeah oh, just yeah. keep going yeah it's honestly it's the jerk that you got to watch out for with that being so close oh absolutely together. especially like, with only having in, in the mobility. overhead exactly because you can't yeah bail behind you like you can't yeah. like but um, you know a beginner mind you see the snatch uh, of course you know you get you get terrified when in reality again this is much a safer position is much more of a safe position than this is because yeah. exactly what you said and also with a jerk it's pressing mm-hmm. you know and, and i know from my years of doing this jesus i'm sweating like a bastard <laughs> in my garage here um with pressing motions over the years I've just developed I don't know what it is I've never gotten it checked out really mm-hmm. maybe like once or twice by my football athletic trainers but it was never like they were just like ice it like it, it, you're in season right now so we're not gonna be yeah. too concerned about that but anytime I jerk I get this like sharp pain in the front mm-hmm. of my shoulder and sometimes it comes in when I'm benching too if I miss groove um, but whenever I snatch no pain mm-hmm. whatsoever yeah. so uh, uh, again like like you said, you know, a, a jerk is, I think, 
I don't want to say more dangerous because I don't think any of the movements are dangerous when they're practiced correctly. Yeah. But I do think like if there is an Olympic lift where there is a significant injury risk, I think it would be the jerk over over anything else. I would say it depends on what level you're at. I got to disagree with you on that one. Like obviously, like you cleaning, four, putting 400 pounds on your shoulder from the ground, that's definitely kind of that's a little dangerous. Yeah, I. I but again, but the reality of it is that the person who's doing it, you, an Olympic lifter, whoever it may be, you know, whether yeah. he's 250 pounds or 150 pounds, like he's done it for so long. Yep. He's owned that technique and for so long yep. that it's basically there's it's, not really any so risk for much safer. Yeah. You know, like if I walked Absolutely. up to somebody on the street and said, Hey, you know, clean 225 pounds right now, they would probably get hurt. But if you walked yeah. up to, you know, any Olympic lifter, any CrossFitter yeah. then, and said, you know, clean they, 225, they'd be they like, yeah, that's, that's nothing. And that, I feel like a lot of that comes down to coaching, which is a point. I know we didn't really discuss it prior to this interview, but, do you have a coach or are you, or you know what I should ask is, are you interested in getting into Olympic lifting competitively? Just out of curiosity. So I'm going to answer both of those questions. I was like, when I said I was doing that bit on my own, that was the last bit where I did on my own these past three to four months, I actually uh, searched for a coach. I found a really good one through a couple of mutuals on social media. His name is Walt Neubauer. He's out of North Carolina. Uh, and he currently has, I think, eight athletes on the U.S. Uh, on Team USA, uh, and like they're they're all crazy. Like Marcus Bullock. Uh, yep. That's really the only one I think of right now. I can't. Right. I know all their Instagram handles. I mean, when names. I think when I think North Carolina, I think I'm pretty sure Kane Wilkes is out of North Carolina, um, but he's an Olympian and he's like 31 yeah. now, so he's I'm sure he's on his own coaching wise yeah. i'm pretty sure his dad coaches him actually but actually that's somebody i want to get on this podcast i'm getting off track um <laughs> <laughs> all good uh but uh i i the main reason that i recruited him i didn't recruit him or i say recruited the main reason i started working with him uh wasn't because i was kind of plateauing in my lifts i knew eventually i would come out of that plateau just you know keep putting up the correct numbers and eventually it'll happen you know uh, I really got with him because I, I wanted to learn how to snatch. I wanted to learn how to clean and jerk. I wanted somebody who could break down my technique, who could like watch me lift and be like, Oh, this is like, this is blatantly wrong. You know, you need to do this. You need to have your shoulders over this at this time. You need to extend it. Like I had no idea what I was doing. I could watch lifting videos all day, but I never would have guessed that there was two distinct pulls in either one of the movements. Yeah. I, I, I never would have guessed that. Uh, and uh, just other things like, you know, how to start with your, like where your shoulders should be in the start at standing yep. over the bar the entire yep. time. Yeah, the longer you're over the bar, the better you're, the more straight yeah. your pull is going to be. And I know that, and but, and I just don't do it. But when I do it, I'm like, oh, like shit, like that works. And then the next rep, I don't do it. And it's like, well, what am I doing here? Um, but he's been great. He's, he's, he's been awesome. Um, it's, it's been really good. I'm probably going to stick with him through the summer and then. Uh, reevaluate from there uh at the end and just yeah, absolutely. See kind of, you know maybe like start doing all I mean, from, again, see what I'm doing. from from the progress that i've seen you make just being mutuals on social media mm-hmm. like in your snatch it's been huge like now your oh, snatch yeah. is starting to look like like, like a snatch a real snatch you know <laughs> yeah. not a not a you know not a muscle snatch or like a like a half clean and then press yeah. overhead or, or whatever it looked like at the start you know so i quite definitely, literally I quite literally went from picking myself and picking myself up by my belt and throwing me on my ass to, you know, with like 145 on the bar, like 
not basically no weight at all for most Olympic lifters. Um, and then now, I mean, I haven't made, obviously it's still rookie numbers, but you know, I've, I've put up a two ten snatch now and that's a huge improvement. For yeah. I, I not even knowing how to rookie move numbers. You know, if yeah. you're, if you're snatching your body weight, I'd say that's impressive. Granted when it comes to competitively, you are in a very, very, yeah. very competitive weight class. Yeah. Whereas my weight class, it's like the only, fuck, if we're talking competing wise, there's Kane Wilkes, who I mentioned earlier, who's Team USA. He was at Rio, I'm pretty sure. Um, then there's this guy, Kaiser Witt, um, another strong-ass dude. Then there's like one or two other guys who who I like just recently heard about. And then there's one kid who I'm – who I was at the same level as before, you know, my knee and everything, Tayon Vereen, who shout out to him. If I don't even know if he follows me on social media, I know I followed him once, but um, he's uh, he was the junior Pan American champion for uh, my weight class. But again, those, that was what, like six names that I named. Uh, and those are like the best in the nation. Whereas like you'll go to a national competition and when you get to the end of the meet, there's like virtually nobody in the super heavyweight weight classes. You know, it's like, it gets in weight classes. It's like the heavier you go, the harder it's going to get until you hit like a certain point. And then there's less competition and less competition and less competition just for future insight. You know, if you're looking to play around with that, but yeah, how I got into this, a body weight snatch is very impressive. I had just gotten to the point where I snatched my body weight before I blew out my knee. I'm uh, I'm dealing with it's fucking I'm in my garage, yeah, and it is pouring rain outside. Oh really? Yeah, and um, I mean I'm fine, but I just hope it's not causing like any problems for for like the audio or anything. Yeah, um, I, I might, you you're coming through fine right okay. now. Okay, awesome. I can't awesome. even hear the rain. As long as I I don't know if I'll, I might cut this out. Maybe I won't. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, but um. Uh, hey, if, it, if it cuts out, we can just do a part two or something. Oh, no, it's not going to. I might, like, edit this out. Oh, okay. I might edit this out. I might not. Sometimes I like to keep shit raw and yeah. uncut. Who knows? But anyways, <laughs> moving forward, um, we kind of jumped from bodybuilding into Olympic lifting. Or we kind of actually we touched on everything, honestly. Let's get into some of these questions. So when it comes to powerlifting, what are your numbers looking like? Like as of right now? So right now, my uh, personal records are on bench. It's a 280 bench. My arm, I'm, a, I'm 6'4 with a 6'9 wingspan. It's a rough life out here. <laughs> uh, so I'm hoping to hit 300 by the end of the summer. We'll see how that goes. I, I have been cutting down a lot, so I'm pretty light right now, but so we'll see. Uh, my personal record for back squat is 455, and I just pulled a six-plate deadlift, so a 585. Good man. Very, very, very impressive especially at what's your body weight right now? You said 180 ish. Oh, no, 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 sir. I am 210. <laughs> oh, you are 210 now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, you know, everything's over body weight. And that was like my, that was my deadline for, or that's what I was told anyways, when I was first getting into lifting and in fitness and everything, mm -hmm. like a good deadline for those numbers is like, get your body weight first. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, obviously your squat should be a little bit more your bench uh, when you get to like that advanced level everything yeah. should decently surpass that 
Yeah. But again, very, very, very impressive. So kudos to you. Um, with the power lifts, what would you say are your favorite lifts to train and your least favorite lifts to train? So I guess just out of the big three, least favorite is bench. 100%. I know everybody loves bench. I fucking I, hate benching. Okay. With a passion. Yes. I, thank yeah. you. It is awful. Uh, but I'd say my favorite is – it used to be deadlift. I used to really love deadlifts, but uh, squats definitely my favorite now. I've, I've got it to a point where I'm so, like – I'm so technical with it that I love the process of squatting, even if it may suck some days, you know, I love it. So. Yeah. I, uh, I'm with you there. What sucks now though, is all I can do right now is bench. Yeah. So I'm taking advantage of that. I was at, um, I tried to bench. I I'm counting it as like a number to train off of. I hit that four Oh five benchmark at the gym on my own. But what sucked is I kind of trained for it in like a makeshift program over like three weeks to try to get there. Cause I had just, being an Olympic lifter competing and shit, I just disregarded my bench because uh, fuck benching all my overhead strength can come from presses and incline dumbbell press and shit. But I wanted to get to a four Oh five bench before my surgery. So then literally the night before my surgery, I go to the gym and I'm in there by myself and I have the safety set up so that like, I don't need a spot. Like I can just unarch and like, I won't die. But what fucked me, was there was this random at the gym. I worked up to 385, no spot, moved pretty smooth, jumped to 405, and there was only one guy in the gym. And I was, I felt it. I tried to do it, lift it off, and I was like, I need a, I need a lift off right now, or else like it's gonna fuck up my lift. So I called the guy over, and he's poor guy. He didn't. He's just a regular normal gym goer, you know, working machines and stuff. But he's a bigger dude. He's decently. He looks like he's strong. And I say, can you give me a liftoff? But just the liftoff. I don't need a spot for the rest of it. And he was like, yeah, no problem. He lifts it off and kept his hands on it through the whole, through the whole rep. And it that, moved that like count. nothing. But I, I was like, and the thing is, like, it still took it out of my chest. Yeah. So then when I went to try it again without him, I was fucked. So yeah, I, course. and I even have the video, which I'll probably cue in here. And it, it, oh my God, I was pissed, but I, like, I couldn't be mad at the guy. He didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. But. I've hit personal, I've hit personal bests and I've tried for personal bests before where uh, I've had a spotter who's manipulated the bar in some way and I've hit it. Even if they just like tapped it, I, if there's any contact with the bar from any external source, I don't count it. I don't even care if it is against yeah. me, you know, exactly. I, I don't count it. Exactly. That's why I can't, I can't say that my bench max is 405. But if there's a number that I'm going to train off of percentage wise, I'm training off of four or five. But what's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite accessory movement for, for powerlifting? For powerlifting, my favorite accessory. Oh man. Uh, well that's an, I was going to say RDLs, but that's kind of an accessory for Olympic lifts too. Yeah. I mean, um, it's just an accessory. I maybe honestly, um, maybe dumbbell incline. Dumbbell, yeah. I don't, I, like know, I don't know why it just, it, I've been doing a lot of it lately and, and it's just felt solid, felt smooth. Yeah. Um, and I've, it's a good mass using, builder using. Yeah. I definitely feel it. Um, I think, I think lacking, failing to incorporate that into my workouts and into as just like a movement for me prior to my knee injury was what kind of screwed me with my bench and why it was so low, even when I was on like my football when I try to train primarily focused on football, um, I would, what about yours? What's your favorite accessory? I know we talked main lifts. 
So since you mentioned Olympic lifts, my favorite Olympic lifts accessory is definitely good mornings. Uh, like I suck at them, but for some reason they just destroy me. Uh, but I'd say for powerlifting, favorite accessory. I, I do like RDLs, but deficit deadlifts have helped me more than anything else in the world. I don't know if that's necessarily oh, an accessory, I, but I it's hate a them. variation. I, I hate, yeah. Oh, I love them, man. I hate, so just, good. It, it's like, for me, it's like, a, it, that's like how, um, I know what you mean, because you get that extra pull mm -hmm. in your glutes and in your hamstrings. And I honestly, I, I rarely ever deadlift. Mm -hmm. um, I do a lot of RDLs, Romanian deadlifts but never, never actually deadlift, deadlift. Like people always yeah. on TikTok, people always ask me, they're like, what's your max deadlift? What's your max deadlift? Yeah. I'd say, honestly, probably like, there's no reason for you to deadlift. Probably honestly. like, probably like 600, which for my, for my size, that's like, yeah, you know, I'm, there's I'm 310 pounds, you know, it's, yeah. it's, there's no reason for you to max effort deadlift. Yes, ex I think exactly. There, yeah, I think I could, deadlift, I, think I, could I think I could definitely, I think I could definitely, I do clean variant deadlifts. Yeah. So I exactly. keep my shoulders over the bar for the full rep, you know, mm -hmm. and never yeah. walk out. And I'd only work at, you know, whatever, like my max clean was or like 120% yeah. of my max clean. Yeah. But the um, reason I say that deficit deadlifts are my favorite is because in, in every cycle where I've done deficit deadlifts, my deadlift has felt so much more solid coming off the ground. And I feel so like, I feel sure. like, a, I feel like a rock coming off. The okay. Ground. Okay. Like, it, it, but now, like, I don't have it in this cycle, or my coach doesn't have it in this cycle of training. I'm doing a, a deadlifts with with a focus on this the eccentric being slow, four mm -hmm. seconds. Oh, and you know, I do this for football with my strength coach. Yeah, the top of my pool feels good, like it feels fine, but like coming off the ground now, like my back arches. Yep. I, it's hard to pull it off the ground now. Yeah. I'm I also hear you. lighter, like 20 pounds lighter. I was like 232. Now I'm like 210, 212. So yeah, that that's definitely going to be a huge factor. Yeah. What I think is a uh, Actually, what actually might be one of my favorites is what I've been doing lately, and I used to do them all the time in high school when I was more focused on Olympic lifting, mm -hmm. is uh, penley rows. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and that's what I've been doing now because it lets me load up a barbell and I can actually feel the weight, which feels great right now, especially, yeah. you know, physically and mentally. But also, it's just like, like, I get, I don't even get like a great pump in my back. But as for like, I, that's how I'll always start my pull days because my schedule right now, it's push, pull, day off, push, pull. And then on every day I do physical therapy for my physical therapy on my own for my leg and um, single leg, like leg press or something like that. But anyways, every time I start my workout with those on my pull days, I feel tremendous and I get the best pump by the end of my workout. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's a great I don't want to say it should be used as a primer exercise, mm -hmm. but I, that's kind of the purpose it's serving right now, along with, you know, just building muscle in my back and me being able to just load it up. I'd say if you're not deadlifting on your pull days, like if that's not, uh, like maybe you're deadlifting one pull day, but you're not the next, I'd say yeah. start with, with Pendeleros. They're like, yeah. they are, they are very good. I don't get a good pump either, but I definitely feel myself getting stronger. That's e exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I can't deadlift right now. I can do, I'm working on increasing my dumbbell RDL right now before I move on to a barbell just because of the amount of weight that I can hold on my on my uh, recently operated on leg because um, obviously with pen lay rows there's not a lot of tension there uh, because you know you pull and then I release pull release pull release I'm not it's not consistent like normal normal bent over rows um, 
So right now I'm working on one pull day. I'll do pen lay rows um, and like hamstring curls. The other pull day I'll do uh, chest supported dumbbell rows and um, dumbbell RDLs. And then once I work up, once I finish the dumbbell rack, I'm at like 70s right now or 80s. Once I get to 120s, which is what's what my uh, well it goes from 100 to 120s, which is oh shit, I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> heard that. Um, but as soon as I get, as soon as I finish the dumbbell rack for dumbbell RDLs and my progressive overload, that's when um, I'll move on to a barbell. But okay. anyways, moving forward, um, just to ask a couple questions regarding Olympic lifting, what would you say? Well, first off, what's your favorite Olympic lift? Snatch, clean, or jerk? It started off with being the clean. Yeah. Uh, I, I've never liked the jerk. Again, long arms. It's hard yeah. to get under the bar. But, yeah, I get that. Uh, you should look uh, into the I, way. Uh, I think it's, I want to say Columbia. Colombian lifters do it. Yeah. They catch it, and then they go all the way out. Yeah, yeah. It's, I've, I got to get better shoulder mobility. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, it started being the clean. I really enjoyed the clean. But my snatch has been I haven't been going up in numbers per se a whole bunch with the snatch, but I have uh, technically been getting a lot better and actually feeling the movement solidified now. Uh, and I'm really enjoying it. Like I, I looked forward, I had today, I had three position snatches with some behind, and then some behind the neck uh, power jerks and did not look forward to the power jerks, but definitely looked forward to the snatch. And I had fun snatching today. Like I've never not had fun doing it, but now that I kind of know what I'm doing, like I have a lot of fun when I'm in the gym with it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as for me, I'd say it, when I was training, so after the fall, um, COVID screwed up football season and everything and football ended early. Um, I got into Olympic lifting. I got started focusing on that again. Cause that's kind of, I go back and forth football, Olympic football, only football, only. And as soon as, you know, my makeshift season ended, um, I started training for a meet that I had cause I just do like a local meet every year to kind of keep myself relevant. And I was going to do nationals this summer, but not going to talk about that. Um, but, uh, I, I got back and I started to snatch and my snatch was just God awful. Like I couldn't, I was jumping like a foot forward on every rep because I just, I don't train snatches with football. You know, you don't need to snatch. You can get the same from a sport performance perspective, you can get the same results from just doing cleans, mm -hmm. um, you know, aside from mobility perks yeah. and stuff, but every coach has their own, has their own theories yeah. and reasonings and stuff. But, uh, and then as soon as, so because of that, I knew I was competing and I was like, fuck, I got to fix my snatch. I couldn't even snatch 245, um, which for me was like, like I should have been at like 315, 330. Um, and so then I grinded away at that and then that made me love snatching and then come to my meet, my snatch is feeling great. I worked for all three attempts. I went like 127, 136, and then 140. I wish I opened at 140 the way it moved. Um, but, uh, I thought came to love snatching. So I'd say snatching is probably my favorite movement when I'm healthy. If, um, anything's feeling off, um, then I absolutely hate it. Uh, and I just want to fast forward to cleaning because cleans, I can have shit form for the day and I can still grind out like a heavy ass weight, which for me just feels so much better than, than missing, you know, a 200 pound snatch because I had one little 
little mishap with my with my technique. Um, and then last question here regarding Olympic lifting. Do you have a favorite or least favorite training variant? Like, do you hate or love uh, anything from the hang position, from the hip position? Um, I personally despise uh, rack jerks or anything from blocks. Um, so what are your thoughts there? Uh, I actually haven't worked off blocks yet. I know that's something that we're going to be doing in the future, but we've yeah. been kind of ramping up to that. Okay. Uh, but I'd say probably even though snatch is my favorite movement as of right now, either in the, either in the snatch or the clean, to be honest, uh, I really don't like snatching from the power position like, uh, or, or like in the hip position. Yep. Yep. It's because I, there, I, it's uncomfortable because I have such long arms. I, there has to, there has yeah, to you're, be some you're, arm you're, bend. You're call it a collar, right? Sorry. I assume you're collar to collar, like each you're on oh, the yeah, very yeah, yeah. end of each barbell yeah, yeah. of each end of the barbell. Yeah. And if I just stand up, let's say I have my clean, uh, my, my clean grip. If I just stand up straight, the barbell is hanging below middle thigh. If I stand up with my snatch grip, it's hanging, uh, at the bottom of my pelvic bone, you know, there like, there needs to be some arm bend for me to yeah. get into the proper position. Yep. Uh, pe people try and roast me for it all the time on social <laughs> media, but it's like, bro, it's either I, my pelvic bone won't exist anymore or I bend my arms. You know? That's, that's probably the worst thing is getting bruised there from a cleaner yeah, snatch because you know, you get a little bit of hip drive forward and it sucks. Awful. Especially on max effort lifts. Uh, but yeah, I just, I'm getting better at it. And like, I kind of, I enjoyed it today, to be honest. I, I changed some things up, tried to focus on my feet more rather than how the bar was, what the bar was doing. I focused on uh, staying midfoot and actually physically pulling the bar up. Uh, and it actually helped me out a lot today. Yeah, absolutely. I get that. A uh, big cue for me on anything from the power position or anything from the power position or from the floor. I don't really feel this as a cue when I'm uh, at the hang position just because of like where weight's distributed. But um, and it's the same cue that I use for deadlifting that I'm sure you might you might have heard before. But I just think of it as think of think of it instead of trying to lift the weight off the ground. Think of it as you're trying to push your feet through the ground or you're trying to push the world out from underneath you, which in, in my opinion makes things feel so much better. And it makes my feet feel a lot more balanced Yeah. Um, uh, beyond, you know, barbell positioning, but as just like a mental cue, that's tremendous all, for me. Yeah. Cause although it's labeled a pull, you know, that first six inches is a push. That's all yeah, it is. There's, exactly. there's no pulling involved. All you're doing is an isometric hold with your exactly. director spina and just sitting there. Exactly. Um, I think that just about sums it up, man. Sweet. Let's, yeah. uh, uh, you got anything, uh, you want to say to, uh, people out there listening, watching, however they're getting this, maybe uh, I mean, shout yourself out or whatever. Yeah. I mean, uh, on Instagram and TikTok, those are my two main platforms. It's just the lift doctor with underscores under, underneath each, uh, or in between each word. And I actually ironically named it that because eventually I think it'd be cool to get a doctorate, whether it's in you know, five years or 20 years, eventually I want to have that. And so I was like, ah, I might as well just coin, coin the, the username now. So, but, but yeah, thank dude. Thanks for having me on. I've, this is the first ever podcast I've done. It's super cool. I'm, I'm glad we can. Yeah, man. My, uh, my pleasure to have you on. Uh, I appreciate you coming on as well. And, um, I, this will actually be the audio anyways, will be uploaded. Uh, tonight to um the big ben feed um yeah. as you can see right up there yeah big awesome. that's cool y'all did that collab that was yeah cool. i uh you know it was it was uh it was a solid move and uh and now i get to 
produce, I'm going to be able to produce double the content. But also if I hadn't done that, like pair up with, I guess you could call it a partnership with, with Brian Chambers and Big Ben, where I'm uh, produce an episode for him every week. And I can also produce an episode for myself and my own feed every week. Like for the past, like six weeks, I would have had nothing done. Because like my own feet has taken a back seat because of my knee and where I've been at mentally and wanting to focus on other things. But because of the partnership, I feel obligated. I'm like, shit, I got to get this done. So it gives me that extra, extra to, you know, do something, which is tremendous. And I'm I'm definitely thankful for it. But again, Ian, thank you so much for uh, being on here. And um, yeah, we'll be in touch. Thank you, sir. Thank you.